to the Hot Sheet Podcast. It's been a couple of weeks for various reasons, but Jeff and I are back. Jeff and his palatial Boston cave. I, If you, you can't see this because it's a podcast, but he is uh, blacked out like he's in witness protection because of the lighting situation in his cave. And I, like the uh, classy prince that I am, am sitting on the floor in my living room at my coffee table. So that's uh, that's the situation here. Jeff, how's your last couple of weeks been? It's been good, man. Been busy. Um, you know, got home from Seattle, was out there for the Futures game and the draft. Took a few days off as I got reacclimated to uh, East Coast time. <laughs> you know, I was out there just long enough to switch the clock internally and then had to switch it back. So uh, that took a little bit. But um, then, you know, headed out to some games uh, in New Hampshire a couple of weeks ago, uh, right after. Uh, Right after the deadline, or excuse me, after the uh, the All Star break, and then we're leading up to the deadline. I've been doing some Cape Cod League stuff, uh, kind of my final looks of the, the the summer. Got out there for about three or four games over the last week, which is which is nice. I just I really enjoy um, the Cape Cod League environment, being able to shoot film there, and it's uh, it's a great way to see maybe nine to twelve players in a in a game that you might be ranking and talking about within a year. So. Um, I feel like it's very, it's a very foundational activity for me that it gives me a good foundation on which to build evaluations and my thoughts and perspective off of. So, uh, enjoy that. And then, uh, tomorrow I ship out to Florida and I'm going to be down there in the Tampa area, uh, hitting up Florida state league games, but more importantly, Florida complex league games, going to see that Yankees team, going to see the blue Jays, um, plan is to see the Phillies and the Tigers. Yeah, I might sneak another one in there as well. Uh, have a few different options in terms of where I could go, what I could do. But uh, that means I'm going to get some first-round picks. going to get some some sp- uh, spicy and exciting young Latin players, which uh, I know you and I both are always interested in learning more about yeah, those guys right. and how they how they um, fit into our system. So I'm yeah, excited for that. Like if, if I'm going down there, I don't care about the draft picks. Like, I do. Not even a little bit. <laughs> Like we've just written eight billion words on most of them. I don't care. Um, if, if they do something nice on video, fine. But uh, other than that, they're just scenery. Um, <laughs> you don't want to go. You don't want to. You don't want to go see Max Clark ripping up, ripping it up for the Tigers. Not even a little. I want to see a bat flip in like an a, an eleven to one FCL nope. game, where it's like everybody is checked out, but Max Clark is still playing it. Like it's the World Series. That's that's what I want to see from Max. You Clark. joke about that. You joke about that. But the last time I, last time one of the more recent times I was in Florida, I did see a legit brawl. Uh, at the very end of the game, it was a play at home plate, Astros and I think Mets, and whoever it was came in a little rough, and it was a good brawl. So like they, there was a little bit of a seventh game of the World Series action to it uh that you're you're referring to there but no like no i I do not need to see max clark uh but uh ben and kyle ben and carlos have seen max clark approximately 80 billion times um about the only thing that would change is the tiger's uniform you know that's about it um but you're going down there you're going to see some fancy dudes 
I might go down there at some point. I thought I was going to, but I could not make the travel work. And there's, I think it's like, if I had to put odds on it, it's about 5% I go, 95% I don't. Um, just based Ooh, on- flip on, those odds. Based on travel and money and all sorts of things. Um, I don't know if I can make the timing work because you know this this issue this upcoming issue is best tools, and I have five leagues, uh, and the, the FCL and ACL top whatever lists. I haven't determined how many they're going to be yet, but you know I've got preliminary ideas, and you're going to see some guys, and I'm going to make some calls once the deadline smoke clears, and scouts are not pinging around like you know. Uh, crazy ping pong balls uh, and actually sit and talk for a little bit. So I've got a lot on my plate this issue. And then at the end of the month, I'm going back to the West coast for a little bit of working vacation. See some Eugene Emerald, see some Hillsborough hops, see some Ooh. Oregon ducks football. You know, one, one of those three things isn't going to matter for baseball America, but uh, I'm going to go there regardless. I am interested to see how the Austin stadium area handles a football game and a baseball game on the same day. It should be fun. Um, but in, in any case, yeah, that's, uh, that's what my next couple of weeks look like. We kind of did the end of the show part at the beginning. So this is a nominally Hot Sheet podcast. So let's do some Hot Sheet talk. Uh, this mm-hmm. week we had an interesting list um, compiled by yours truly. And uh, my well, two, one of my favorite players on this list. Let's not, actually let's start with one of your favorite players on this. Since he's ranked okay. Number four, Jacob Melton. You told me he had a great week, um, as sometimes happens in Asheville for hitters. You, <laughs> uh, you are a big fan of Mr. Melton. Give me your Jacob Melton soliloquy, and I swear I'm not passing him off to Jeff because he's an Oregon State beaver. <laughs> yeah, I, I figure that that, you know, that might uh, upset your sensibilities as a duck. Um, but yeah, I like Melton a lot. I think, you know, in terms of feedback and what we've heard for the organization, they definitely value him up there in the top, you know, three to four players. Um, and that top three to four, five, six has gotten a lot better over the last year. The 2022 draft has been good to them. And one of those players that they drafted was Melton. I believe with their second pick left-handed bat, um, pretty athletic. It's an unusual swing um aesthetically it's not that pleasing he's he'll get your awkward gangly birdman hunter uh pence sort of comps um which everybody that has an awkward swing does but he's really tooled up um there's legitimate power there um he's hit for home run power i think it's more than just Asheville. we dig into some of the, the numbers a little bit deeper he's got a 482 x slug um 89.5 mile per hour average exit velocity his 90th exit uh, mile per hour exit velocity josh is 107 it's 107 he's hit a ball legitimately hit a ball 114 this year 10 percent barrel rate um good angles in terms of his attack um his chase rate 26 percent, pretty solid um miss rate 25 percent, so about 75 percent contact rate in zone He's above 80% in terms of in zone contact. And he's not a passive, he's not a passive swinger. He's got a decent chase rate and he swings 49, 50% of the time. Um, so he can be aggressive at times. That tells me this is a guy, especially if you watch him, you'll see this. This is a guy that spits on stuff outside the zone, stuff that's not hittable, hittable pitches. He's attacking, he's going after him, and he's making hard contact. And oh, by the way, 
he's an excellent base runner. I think he's got 30 something steals already this season. Um, so this guy is a legitimately, I think, and this isn't even going out on a limb, 2040 guy this season should probably see Corpus Christi. They've been um, sort of uh, 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 dealing with depth, you know, in terms of the upper minors and, and a lot of outfielders and only so many spots to play him. So Melton hasn't been promoted, but I think he's certainly hit at a level that he deserves to see Corpus Christi sometime in the next month or two. He's been, he's been really, really good. So Melton, I think is, is a little sleepy. I think that considering his pedigree, how much he got paid, what the production has been played at a big time program was a big time performer there. I think he's gotten a little bit underrated. Um, so yeah, Melton's definitely somebody I like a lot. There are two significant splits here. Yes, there is an Asheville split. Um, it's about a hundred, it's not about, it's 190 points of OPS difference on the road away from uh from Asheville as it should be and against lefties uh it's about 200 points of OPS he's hitting 195 327 341 against lefties this year so you're, you're are, telling you're telling me that a lefty in his first year in pro ball is struggling to to hit left-handers I am telling you that how many at bats does he have against left-handers let's see good 40, 41. So it's not it's a lot. I mean, a bit if he ends up, if he ends up a platoon guy, fine. Um, still walks. And I had this conversation about Colton Kowser, about a month or two back with a longtime scout. And it was a good point where he's like, if it's a strong time side platoon split, the guy has defensive value. He gets on base and he can run. You're talking about what? Two at bats once a week three at bats once a week. You just, you're not going to see that many lefties. And then when you, when you factor in the three batter minimums now, I don't think it's as much of an issue as it used to be. You know, no, in terms of those are good points. I'm just pointing it's out. He has points. to improve on though, for sure. I mean, if, if he was hitting lefties <laughs> at the same level, he's hitting righties. Um, I'd say he's probably a top 50 prospect then. <laughs> he's probably, the numbers are so absurd. He's probably in double a hitting and ranked in the top 50. So, yeah, I mean, I, I think for what he is, he's outside the top 100. But I think he's a guy that's not that far from the back end. Well, we'll talk about next a guy who is is a top 50 prospect. And that is Ethan Salas. Um, JJ, who wrote the capsule for Salas this week, uh, put, put it um, exactly how I want to say it. Quote, it's hard to fully understand just how far beyond, beyond the norm Salas is. That's that's it. I mean, it's what he's doing is silly. It's cuckoo bananas. It's nuts. I I don't I don't understand how this young man is this good this early. Dude turned seventeen this year. He has nine bombs, which I mean, nine bombs in low A and hundred and eighty ish at bats, while having a July to remember. Uh, as JJ also points out here, he doesn't he doesn't qualify for the California League lead, League leaders yet, but he his 292 batting average would rank top 10, and his 532 slug would be the second best in the league. Like this kid is a mutant. I, I really have no other way to put it other than I, you know, it, it it's I thought it'd be hard to top how he looked in spring training, but he's done it. 
there, there's not enough superlatives to to shower on young Ethan Salas. Like, I don't believe in untouchables, but this would be the closest thing, I think, in their system. Definitely. Do you think he's a top 10 prospect? Yes. I think I do, too. I think he'll be number one at some point. Yeah, I think, like, if you're looking at, like, fantasy baseball, he's still a catcher and he's far away. So, like, yeah, okay, I see it. But, like, real-life fantasy, I think I think he's legit. Like Real-life fantasy? <laughs> I mean, real, excuse me, real-life, my real-life fantasy. But um, <laughs> in a matter of, like, you know, real-life evaluation, like, yeah, he's a catcher that can hit, right? Yeah. As a, kind of as an aside, you 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 said real life fantasy, and I'm going to take a weird digression here. I saw an ad yesterday where you can now bet like real money on fantasy teams, which really, oh man, <laughs> we down the gam- the gambling rabbit hole. If, if if that's what we're doing, if you're not even betting on real sports teams, you're betting on other people's fantasy teams. My goodness. Anyway, you said real life fantasy, and it triggered that. Point is. Ethan Salas is really, 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 really good. And I suspect that at some point he will be the number one prospect in the game. I also don't think it would be, uh, I'm trying to think, could he reach Fort Wayne this year? I can't remember if they made the playoffs in the Midwest League, but man, it's really fun. And Bill Mitchell and I, shout out Bill Mitchell, the greatest photographer slash correspondent BA has. Um, we're doing the, uh, the 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 seance to get Ethan Salas into the Arizona Fall League. So let's hope that happens. But before that happens, well before that happens, we have to take an ad break. So we will do that right now. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. What I love about using Indeed is how it does a lot of that organizational work for me. I can sort through candidates. I can respond to them. I can schedule interviews all through Indeed. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses, including Baseball America, that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of the show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash Baseball America. Just go to Indeed.com slash Baseball America right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash Baseball America. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. And we are back. So we are going to move down the list a little bit and talk about someone else Jeff likes. Uh, Jeff, who is uh, who, who is next on your list to talk about? Uh, you could talk about Ryan Clifford. I know you're you're a, a booster of him. If you want to just keep it all Astros all the time for your section of the podcast. All, all Astros all the time. Um, you know, I like I like Clifford. I think, you know. 
it's not a it's not a bad pick, but we've talked. I feel like I've talked about Ryan Clifford all season long <laughs> at this point. I've talked about him so much. So I do I do kind of want to uh you know switch it up a little bit here. And uh all right, defy know, my orders. Yeah, I'm gonna defy your order. orders. I'm gonna, I'm gonna switch it up and I'm gonna talk about somebody different that I think is kind of interesting. He's in your system. It's uh Augustin Ramirez. Um mm-hmm. I like him. Because my middle name is his first name. There you go. I bet you didn't know my middle name is Augustine. Um, so I'm a big fan. I saw him down in uh, Florida State League back in April. It was really good in that series. It's probably the only Tampa hitter that was worth really uh, digging in on and watching. Um, you know, sorry to Jared Sierra, your guy out there. But uh, Ramirez, to me, you know, is pretty good behind the plate. He's pretty athletic back there. There's feel the hit. There's some approach. And there's big juice. It's a great swing. When he gets a hold of one, uh, it's launched out like all these Yankee swings are. Um, but he actually has some field to hit. He's been tremendous since he was promoted to Hudson Valley at the end of July, uh, June. I don't know if people realize this. He's actually matched his production from the first three months of the season, home run-wise, in a month in Hudson Valley. He had seven in the Florida State League, which, you know, I will note asterisks there for the Florida State League. Understand, he's got seven now in a month with Hudson Valley. I'm not saying this guy is a huge breakout, you know, top 100 prospect. But he's a good player. He's a good player in this system, and I think he's probably somebody that gets, you know, a little underrated because he's not one of these headline guys. Two things. One, um, part of the reason he is able to, yes, he does hit balls extremely hard. The power yes. is not a thing, a, a problem for him. Right. However. The Southern Division of the South Atlantic League is full of homer domes. Um, and he was at one of them this past week. He hit three home runs this past week. Uh, he did? Uh, yes. Um, it is not difficult for a professional baseball player to hit home runs in Hickory, where he was playing this week. The uh, Hudson Valley Renegades and Hickory Crawdads in six games, one of which was shortened by rain, uh, hit 26 home runs. So... Um, it is a bit of a band box. Um, so that's, that's part of it. That's not to undersell him just to kind of note, he went from the Florida state league to the exact opposite of the Florida state league. Uh, for yeah, but I think like when we put this into perspective, it's not the Texas league. It's not the PCL. These are still, it's not the California league. These are still East coast parks that deal with other factors uh, that West coast parks are not dealing with. The ball is uh, not traveling. Now, granted, granted, I get it. Hickory, all that, but like Greensboro this dude hit seven. He's got 14 home runs this year. He hit seven, seven in the Florida State League, which is an awful place to hit, Mostly, especially yeah. in those Clearwater area parks where Clear, Clearwater, hold on, hold on, hold on. Clearwater is a fair hitters park. So take that one off. I, your think, I think you're, are you down there? I mean, dude, I think you're underrating the marine layer and all the other I'm just saying Clearwater itself does play pretty fair. The other ones yeah, are most. Well, it's not. It's it's not Bradenton. Fine, but like, but like these. Once again, you're not in Amarillo here. None of these well, parks but, are in Amarillo. Yeah. I mean, they're not. They're not they're in Amarillo. Like, like Greensboro <laughs> and Hickory and Asheville sure. are all pretty sure. close. Like, it's you. You sneeze on. It. I mean, there was a quote from. I want to say it was Solomito. This is the time of the year where I I I, I am clueless apparently. Uh, <laughs> Solomito had a quote after he left Greensboro where he said, you know, if he uh, had had to describe his time in Greensboro, it would be that 
key and peel, like the sweating gif every time the ball goes in the air. Like, yeah, you Tim Elko hit a ball there yesterday or not yesterday, a couple days ago. It was a pop up and uh, Will Matheson did get his glove on it. But like you're watching it and you're going, no way, no way. Oh, it's gone. Uh, Anthony Garcia hit a ball like that in Hickory where it was just like, oh, he just touched it. Oh, it's going to keep going. Oh, it's going to keep, oh, he's going to trot. Okay. I mean, uh, Alex Vargas hit one that was an absolute, that was a real home run. But there are pop-ups that go out in some of these parks. And, I mean, Asheville, I put on the list, we all know what Asheville's like. It's just Homer Dome Central uh, in the South Division of the South Atlantic League. Well, what, how I'm, not that- trying to take, I'm not trying to take away from Augusta Ramirez at all. We're, we've gone into a weird discussion about park A weird discussion about park I like Augustine mm-hmm. Ramirez a lot. I told people I know that they need to come see him. Like he's, I'm, I was, a, I was legitimately annoyed. He's good was, back there too. Like he's a legitimate, he's a legitimate catcher too. No, that's the jury's out there. I can't say that on first hand experience, but from talking to people, first hand experience would be me catching, but uh, it's back and forth on that one. But I, unfortunately I saw two games. He moves pretty well back there. Yeah. I saw two games and one of them he DH and the other he didn't play. So, you know, I had someone on Twitter said, I would love to get your opinion on his catching. Sorry. <laughs> Can't help you there. And the day I didn't see, the day I didn't see, he got three hits and caught. So you know, that's how that works. Uh, I, instead went, <laughs> I instead went to Kannapolis to get Luis De Leon, who is our helium guy this week. And he went one inning uh, amid trade discussions. So, it was a banner week for me picking which games to go to, especially considering one of those Hickory games was, I think, five innings. Yeah, it was five innings uh, ended by a monsoon. And that was Drew Thorpe. I was really excited to see because all he's done is dominate this year. And to wit, he gave up three home runs in five innings and allowed eight earned runs. Now, I've said a lot about Hickory and how much of a band box it is. But if you go look at those home runs that I posted, those pitch locations were middle, 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 and middle, middler. Like he uh, did, did not have the location that day. So he, he came about those home runs um, fairly. Point is, this last three days of mine in Hickory and Kannapolis did not uh, reach the conclusions I'd hoped to reach. This is all a very long way of saying we're both intrigued by Augustin Ramirez. He moved into my Yankees top 30 at the, uh, the deadline at the, the last time we updated them. And he will stay in there um, unless the Yankees somehow add 10 prospects in the next, at this recording, seven and a half hours. Um, and that we're going to add draft guys, adjust, adjust for trade deadline additions, yada, yada, yada. And any graduations that have happened in the interim, like since the last time we updated their different system, Luis Camposano has graduated. Um, Henry Davis will have graduated. Luis Matos will have graduated. Luis so Camposano graduated? He most certainly did. Oh, we didn't throw a party. We were supposed to get champagne. I can't afford champagne. And I don't drink. That's right, BA podcast listeners. The Bear is a teetotaler. Uh, I, I've bought one beer in my life, and it was to kill fruit flies. So, <laughs> And it didn't work. Anyway, that's a very, very long, very weird digression from Augustine Ramirez, who we both <laughs> agree is really intriguing. 
I posted a slow-mo swing video of him, and I'll post this fast-mo swing video of him. I tried to earlier, but uh, hotel uh, Wi-Fi made the computer crap out a little bit. But I have that ready for a little bit later. Um, we can move down the list a little bit more to a guy everyone and their mother knows I like. And that is Jackson Chorio. And what a month he had. What a difference playing with normal Delaware mud rubbed baseballs makes. Because with the pre-tacked baseballs uh, that messed with nearly everybody that were not named Tyler Black or Noel V. Marte, um, he was human. And I, you know, I, I don't know what those baseballs, I don't know. I mean, I know they mess with spin rates and all sorts of things. Well, my joke is that they must have been like wiffle balls fired from a, a t-shirt cannon because they really wreaked, wrecked havoc on a lot of hitters. Um, once Chorio came back from the Futures game and minor league all-star break, he has been on fire. He finished the month hitting like 380. Um, he had 10, possibly more importantly, he had 10 strikeouts this month. As I noted in a tweet, there were 35 players last week in the minor leagues who had 10 plus strikeouts. Um, it's the lowest total for any single month of Chorio's short minor league career. And he had 38 hit, or 33 hits this month, which, is, which ties him for the most hits in any month of his minor league career. Uh, that was the first one, the one where he kind of jumped on the map um, in his, his first month at Zebulon. And the most, most impressive thing is, like I said, he missed, you know, missed uh, the time when he was at the Futures game in Seattle and the four-day minor league all-star break. So it was 33 hits in 21 games. Um, I assume he's the Southern League player of the month. If he's not, I'd really like to meet the guy who is. But he went bananas this month. And he's four home runs away from going 20-30. He tied Giancarlo Stanton, hat tip to Kurt Hogg, a reporter in Milwaukee. Um, he tied Giancarlo Stanton's uh, mark for Southern League home runs by a teenager. Or a double, I think it's double A home runs by a teenager. No, Southern League home runs by a teenager. 16 already. And if he gets to 20-30, he will be the, for, I believe, the first teenager in the minor leagues to do that since 2017 or 18 when two guys named Acuna and Tatis did it. Um, those are pretty good baseball players. I think pretty good, but pre pretty good baseball players, right, Jeff? Not bad. P point is, uh, I think we're going to have a good long argument uh, in the off season over which Jackson is the king of the minor leagues. Uh, I know, and everyone listening knows exactly where I'm going to place my chips. But it's going to be—it's very fun Jackson to have. Merrill. <laughs> it's amazing how many good Jacksons there are. It's really weird. Jackson I feel like it drops off Jackson. after that. Say what? I feel like there's three really good Jacksons, then it then it drops off. Hey, there's there's some other ones: Jackson Chorio, Jackson Merrill, Jackson Holiday, Jackson Job. Pretty good. That's true. Okay, we got four. Four. Jackson Ferris. It's five. He, he's not in the same level as those. He's not at the same he's level. He's good. good. His name's Jackson, and it's spelled the same. This ain't no Jackson Wiggins situation. Um, there's it's it's Jackson and Cades are the new names that are like the hot names. But we're gonna have we're gonna have the cadening very soon though. We are gonna have the cadening. I I do appreciate these days where you see like the 17 or 18 year old who has the name of like a 55 year old middle manager. Those are the guys I really like these days. <laughs> it's like 
uh, uh, Eugene Montgomery or something like that. What the heck? You're a teenager with that name or whatever? Or, you know, whatever. That's kind of a, a thing I like anyway. Yeah. is Jackson Torrio. Really, really, really good. And I, I'm just stunned at how much those baseballs made a difference. Because, you know, I, I had a lot of chips placed on Jackson Chorio being really good. I, I opened my mouth a lot on Twitter last year. And to see him be pretty human in the, in the first few months of the AA uh, was, you know, I had that same Anthony Solomedo sweating Key and Peel gif going. But this last month, this is better than what I assumed it would be. Like this is this is bananas. I was t- I'll say uh, too that there is a I've made a grievous mistake in my travel planning. So I'm going home, like I said, to the Northwest League at the end of August. Well, that friends is when AAA Nashville, the Brewers affiliate, comes to Durham. I think there's a fair chance Chorio will be there, so I will miss him. I will be watching the Eugene Emeralds and the Oregon Ducks and the Hillsborough Hops. Um, which seems like a mistake on my part. So I, I, all the Durham people who are here, JJ Cooper will go out possibly if he's there and enjoy him. Oh, kind of as another Chorio aside. Uh, if you're going to watch MILB TV tonight, uh, because of unfortunate situations, he will be facing Pensacola tonight and Yuri Perez. So cool matchup. Chorio got him last time. He homered opposite way off him. I don't think anybody expected to see that matchup again. But we're not going to say why Yuri Perez is back in the minor leagues, but he is, and it's unfortunate. But if you want to watch a really good prospect versus a guy who was a really good prospect and no longer counts as one, tune into MILB TV tonight. Jeff, that was a very long talk about Jackson Chorio. Who else do you want to talk about? Ooh, I don't know. I might get yelled at. (laughs) (laughs) Spicier than anyone else. Spicier than um, usual for me, huh? Yeah, a little bit, dude. You're definitely a little bit more spicy than usual. You know, I don't know. I mean, like the rest of this list, it's like Dom Hamill, who I've seen, he's fine. Fastball is okay. There's a breaking ball there. There's a curveball and a slider, actually. Um, nothing, you know, that is mind blowing or anything along those lines. Um, talked about Melton. I talked about my my boy Augustin Ramirez, where I'm slightly delusional. Um, I, I went out of my way to say you're not delusional. No, no, I might be. I might be. <laughs> I, I said I agree with it's, you. It was I'm April, man. I don't know. I'm not there. exactly. I'm. No one's paying me to go and judge catcher defense either. So I don't. And I. And I. You know, that didn't. <laughs> I didn't say anything except that. No, you know, no. Um, you know who I was actually interested in hearing more about is um, Everson Ortega. Had a good He's week. Ortega, baby, what's up? Yeah, he had a good week. He's been pretty rough this season. What happened there? I mean, I know there's some power. It seems like he's doing like nothing else this year, though, besides hitting. Football. Yeah, it's tough, man. The the Northwest League is a little tougher, and he's still very, very young. Um, he was. Uh, I think they played in. No, they didn't play in Spokane this week. Um, I guess he just had a good week. I mean, this the when I saw him, the swing decisions weren't great. Um, it's pretty much the long and short of it. It just hasn't been his year. Maybe maybe next year will be his year. Maybe he's going to turn it on the second half. But he's he, still uh, really young at 20, you know. Um, yeah, that's what I'm saying. He's still 20. He's still young. Plenty of time. But it, it just hasn't been his year. I wish I could offer more, but hasn't been his year. So good. Um, 
the helium guy, like I mentioned, I went to go see. I was really excited to go see him. And unfortunately, one inning because of, I assume, because of trade deadline stuff. And, uh, you know, Baltimore's probably hot and heavy in there with some teams. Um, uh, he gave me the one inning. And I thought, all right, the fastball looks pretty heavy. Looks like he'll get some ground balls. Yeah, I was right. Um, he's gotten, in, in three uh, Carolina League outings, He's gotten 20 grounders to two flyouts. And I will remind you, who those who didn't hear what I just said two seconds ago, one of those outings is one inning. So he's got two real like, starts and one quasi-start. Hmm. 20 ground balls to two flyouts. Pretty wow. intriguing from a left-hander who throws mid-90s with a pretty good changeup. And I hear there's a slider in there, but did not get to see that in the inning that I saw. Huh. So nice, nice little piece to add to Baltimore's system. Um, I'm gonna post a video of him later today. Like they needed another good prospect. Yeah, they they got a good system, man. That's the toughest system because there's probably forty or fifty guys in season that I could I could reasonably rank and write reports on, and it's like you got to get it to thirty. <laughs> yeah, I mean I've got some systems where it's like, <sighs> got to get this to thirty. And you've got some system where it's like, wow, I've got to trim this to only 30. Just yeah. that one. The Cardinals, the Cardinals uh, are certainly not the case with that one. I don't believe I have a system where it's like you're gonna have trouble trimming it down. Um, but there are some out there. The Orioles are like that, uh, the Dodgers are like that. Um, the, the the Rockies, honestly, the Rockies. It's not as good on the back end as the Orioles or the Dodgers, but they're still like viable prospects that are. Yeah, they've had they've had a the rough Red Sox too. Days, but the Red Sox have had a really good season in terms of development on prospects in that system. Absolutely, there's been, there's been a lot of guys that have taken a step forward. A lot of pitchers that weren't really on the radar, and it always sticks with me. I, I think it. I'm not positive here, but I think it was was it Keith Law. There's somebody who had said the Red Sox didn't have any pitching in their farm system and wasn't totally wrong before the offseason. And now it's like they must have taken that to heart because, like, all of these pitchers are taking a massive step forward, <laughs> you know, um, this season. Like, whether well, it's Gonzalez, whether it's Louis Perales, um, you know, Rodriguez Cruz, there's a lot of arms here that are really interesting. Oh, I'll, I'll tell you what happened. I didn't get to watch them. I watched all three of those arms you named this year and they all had disaster outings for me every last one of them <laughs> and since then they've been uh, you know bordering on Cy Young so I, I apologize Red Sox fans I will never uh, set eyes on your prized pitching prospects again because stay away yeah stay away indeed <laughs> like, I think the most I got out of one of those guys was like six outs so wow. yeah it, it was um Little, little disappointing. Little disappointing for the video, uh, too. But you know, Wickelman Gonzalez has been really good since then. Luis Perales has been really good since then. Elmer Rodriguez Cruz been decent since then. Uh, Wickelman uh, Perales was on my fifty eyes to watch from minor league spring training, and Rodriguez Cruz was the back of the FCL top ten last year. Um, so those guys have been on the radar. Just you know, they don't perform when. Uh, I have my camera set on them. So yep. I would say we should wrap this up because we're going to have trades to start writing up. I'm sure many very yeah. shortly and none have come through 
while we're recording this, I think we should. Well, take if we just keep podcasting bank. forever, there won't be any, right? We should take maybe. I got, <laughs> I got things to do. We got to take it to the bank. We got to cash it in. We made it through the podcast without having to write up uh, any trades in the middle of it. So I wonder if any yeah. of the pros- prospects we mentioned on this podcast get traded today. That would be awesome. I, I think Justin Ramirez. <laughs> I could see any of the Astros ones you mentioned because they're in in deals. I think. Yeah. I, I do not imagine Ethan Salas or Jackson Choria are going anywhere. Um, Luis De Leon, you know, like I mentioned, he got pulled after one inning. Dun dun dun. You know, that was a major. That's the one thing I've, I've constantly said I've, I've never seen in my career is a guy get traded and you know, get hugged mid game. Thought I was going to get it, didn't. Um, but yeah, we should wrap this up. Uh, I usually say what I'm going to do this week. I don't know. Uh, Bowling Green's in here. Fayetteville's at home. I uh, think that's it around here. And maybe maybe trying to buck those odds and go to go to Florida at some point. Do it. Uh, it's got to make sense. Um, it makes sense. For Jeff, I'm Josh. He's the parrot. I'm the bear. This was Hot Sheet Podcast. Bye. Bye.